week 16 of the NFL season on hand. We got the Thursday night game starting tonight, but we're not even going to discuss the San Francisco 49ers versus the Tennessee Titans. We're going to get right into the Saturday slate of games where we've got a monumental one between the Green Bay Packers and the Cleveland Browns. Right now, the Packers favored by seven and a half. Over the Cleveland Browns, we got Baker Mayfield expected to be back for the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett, 50-50, though, for this trip to Lambeau Field, where Cleveland, I think this is a pretty much a, as much as must win as you'll see across the slate, right? 100%. I mean, we we know what it is in the, in the, um, in the AFC. We know how deep it is. Uh, it's an absolute disaster that, you know, they ended up kind of having the, the worst of both worlds where they had to postpone the game, and now they're playing – Monday and Saturday. So short rest, uh, you, you postponed the game to deal with COVID stuff. You still missed a lot of your key players. And unfortunately you lost a heartbreaker on the last second field goal. So now you sort of, that all feels like it was for nothing. And now you have five days rather than six or seven, you know, off the back of that. And now you're playing arguably the best team in the league. So yeah, that's, that's uh, just brutal. Like, yeah. You lose one to a heartbreaker to a Raiders team that, I mean, you go into it, you're looking at the schedule, especially on the back half, you're a Browns fan. You're thinking, okay, this Raiders game, like the Raiders are on the downturn We're you know, we're right there. And then all this COVID stuff happens and that obviously sucks. But then you snowball it into the next week where you're playing potentially one of the best or not potentially you are playing one of the best teams in the NFL and potentially the best team. Yeah. You know, honestly, especially when you look at what's happened to Tampa and, and Dallas and Arizona, Green Bay's got to be the best team in the NFC right now. Um, I think at the moment. Yeah, I think. Of course, that could change. But right now, for me, I mean, look, they have the best record in the league. They're the only team with 11 wins. So, I mean, that right there kind of says the whole story. Um, And, yeah, for Cleveland, it's just – it totally sucks because you're 7-7. and You're in last place in your division. And and not only that, like, yeah, you're going to have divisional games in the weeks to come. But, again, now you have to play the best team in the league. I mean, it is just – it all has just gone best so bad for a Cleveland team that was a preseason Super Bowl contender, and it just it just hasn't been their year. It's it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. So for this game, we've got a Green Bay defense that ranks that's pretty good against the pass, but defensively against the run, they're twenty fifth in rush D DVOA, and we know what the Browns want to do. That'll obviously be predicated, I think, on whether or not Baker Mayfield's actually able to make that make that return because we saw against the Raiders team where they're able to key in on the run because they're like, okay, Garrett Gilbert, you can beat us with your arm. I'm sure they would do similarly with Case Keenum, but if you have Baker Mayfield there, not that he's significantly better than these guys where it's like, okay, we're, we're going to lay off on the run significantly, but you're going to, you know, give your, you're going to give yourself a little bit more cushion when it comes to Baker Mayfield under center, as opposed to Garrett Gilbert. And then with the, and then the Cleveland on their defensive side of it, we got green Bay, we know what their offense is. They rank first in pass off at Paso DVOA, and we got a Cleveland secondary that ranks 23rd. So we have the strength of the Cleveland offense against the weakness of the Green Bay defense, and then we have the strength of the Green Bay offense against the weakness of the Cleveland you know, defense. And, and honestly, to put it in, in less statistical terms, I think you know the Packers are going to score at least 24 points, probably more like 28 or 31. I don't know if the Browns are capable of doing that against anybody, let alone a defense that's at least league average to, you know, yeah, I call them league average, the Packers defense. They're solid. Um, and so you're going to have to score enough points to keep up with that. You don't have weapons. You know, the run game's been so-so this year because these guys have all been in and out of the lineup. I mean, even even against the Raiders, like, you would have hoped that could have been the Chubb 150-yard game, and it just wasn't. So I, uh, I think that just comes in with, like, no Landry. You're missing your left tackle. You're missing your right tackle. You're missing just just guys well, on guys. And, and you're playing against Mullins, so they're going to stack the box. I, mean, yeah, I, told, I, get that. I forget. I don't know why I was saying Garrett Gilbert. I guess because – Gilbert who was football team. Yeah, that's what it was. 
Yeah, yeah, fair enough, honestly. At least you're not making names up over here. But uh, you know, between that and the Brett Huntley thing from last I week, I, I made sure I made sure when I was uh, when I was uh, putting together my notes for uh, for uh, the Ravens game that we're going to talk about later. I was like, you know what? I because I, I remember that same exact thing. I'm like, do not call him Brett Huntley. Yeah. You know, the thing is, the thing is, man, it's not enough to know 32 quarterbacks anymore. You got to know 50, 60, however many deep at this uh, point. So, um, yeah, I think look to get to like what we actually want to talk about the game. I don't see the Browns win this game. I think the Packers want to win this game because if they win here, they're really staring down the barrel of a first-round bye and home field advantage. And remember, only one team gets a bye now. So this is really, really important. I don't see how the Packers slip up here. So they have – yeah, so they're next – the Packers to finish off the season have Cleveland versus Minnesota at Detroit. So you have to think if you win this Cleveland one, you're at least going 2-1 and one. at that point. You pretty much lock up. I, if I they don't go at least two and one in these three games, I don't know what the hell happened. Well, yeah, like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, they, that if they get this game, then you have to assume like that te- that Detroit game's like pretty much lock under the key. Detroit game you- is a lock, and then you also think to yourself, you know, this isn't like a Tampa Bay New Orleans thing where it's like New Orleans hat. It's not like Minnesota has Green Bay's number. It's more like for me. I know this doesn't really matter, but it's like Minnesota one one. You kind of expect Green Bay is going to win the other one. Mm-hmm. So for me, I mean, I, I think like. If you were to sort of do odds of like, would they finish three and oh, two and one, one and two, oh, and three? I think they'd have the best chance of finishing three and oh, to be honest. Probably. My pick for this one, it'd probably be a stay away at this point because of the injury and the COVID issues. You got Miles Garrett, who might not play. And I think that would be a major point of whether or not I would take Cleveland. And then you have Baker way, working his way back. We don't know the lingering effects there. If Baker and Garrett play, I like the Browns as, you know, a live dog, somebody that could actually make this game close. Because seven and a half for a team that's very talented still, that can make things difficult, that can run the ball, I think, effectively against this Green Bay defense that isn't really great at defending the run and then keeping Rodgers on the sideline, I believe, and also having a Denzel yeah. Ward who can lock up and uh, cover Devontae Adams. I and think. also, also, you know, the, the Packers want this game, but it's hard to want it as much as the Browns are going to want it. Like, you know, Packers are 11-3. and Yeah, they want to lock up a bye. Yeah, they want to home field, whatever, whatever. But the Browns are fighting for their lives out here, and it's hard to replicate that sort of sense of urgency. Yeah, we, I just wanted to see is Denzel – I'm seeing now Denzel Ward might be injured. But I, I still think that secondary itself is still very good where they, they, they'll they match up well enough where it's not like, you know, you feel helpless against a Devontae Adams where it's yeah, one guy. Not. And it's so tough, too, with the COVID stuff now because it's like we talk about these games on Thursday and, like, you never know who – like we're going to talk about the Steelers and Chiefs later. It's like I don't even know who the Chiefs are necessarily going to have. So mm-hmm. um, it always gets a little tough there. You know, honestly, you got to bet on game day now. It's too risky otherwise. I think you got to bet like an hour or two before kickoff when you have that information. Uh, I, I I think it has to be a day of thing, but it definitely it's definitely to the point where you can't bet on anything really days in advance unless you I are really just trying. You are really trying to get ahead of something. Exactly. Yeah, I think um, I think even like like day of but like you know don't touch the 4 p.m slate until halftime of the 1 p.m slate you know what yeah. i mean like it's, yeah. it's we really got to just cut it close and just you know hope for the best i'm i'd probably like singles i will but if i want to if i want to tease something and i got to do it with the one o'clock games i, I might just have to fight, fight the bullet there yeah, but if i'm doing well, a single you know, game and it's not that it's not like it happens that often where it's like or ever really where it's like on sunday it's like oh, Mahomes has COVID out of nowhere or something like that. But it just – there's so much stuff that seems to be hanging in the balance. You know, it was always – in the NFL, there's always the whole, like, oh, this guy's questionable, this guy's probable, this guy's doubtful. And really questionable means they're probably going to play. Um, and probable means they are going to play. Yeah. Um, and so – Now yeah. it's a whole other thing where it's like we don't even know. It depends on on – 
a COVID test where they have no control or if they're injured, they have at least somewhere of an inkling. You have some sort of momentum going in one direction because you see the guy in practice, you see how it's starting to heal over the days before that with this, it's like, is the virus out of your body? You don't know. Yeah. All right. So anyway, if I had to make a pick for this game, I go Packers seven and a half. I don't love it, but if I had to. Okay. Arizona, Indy, Arizona minus one. We got two teams coming off two completely opposite results the week before we have Colts coming off a massive win against the Patriots on Saturday night. And then we have the cards coming off an embarrassing loss versus Detroit. And we know this league is very like one week this happens and it doesn't really indicate much of what happens the next week. And I think this is where we're getting that sort of case. We got a Colts team that is really good at defending the run. And that's what the Pats that's what the Pats backbone is. They don't love to put make Mac Jones drop back and throw the ball. And we saw in the second half, actually, albeit it's probably because of some like lackadaisical prevent defense so that they're not getting burned deep. But Mac was able to move the ball down the field, throwing the ball as opposed to forcing it down their throat, running it. Meanwhile, this Cardinals offense is really good passing the ball. They ranked eighth in pass ODVOA while the, Col- the Colts ranked 16th in pass DDVOA. So I think if I had to make a pick on this one, I'm going with the Cardinals because I think I'm the matchup last week worked out really well for the Colts. And I think that this Cardinals team is still really good, is still in the top tier among the top five or six teams in the NFC. And I just think that after a loss like that, if you're really that good of a team, which I still think they are, you bounce back and you play, you know, a much better game after playing absolutely probably the worst game that they will play all season. Yeah, it's a pretty valid point you say about the week-to-week thing because, like, I'm looking at this game. I'm thinking the Colts are trending upwards. The Cardinals are trending downwards. I'm going to go ahead and take the Colts. But, you know, you bring a valid point where, like, I could totally see the Colts just losing and the Cardinals looking like we're used to seeing them look like, and then you're wondering what happened. So it is valid that you got to be careful purely betting on teams in form. But with that said, I mean, the Colts clearly are the team in better form. Um, and, And the Cardinals, there's a lot of red flags there. If they put up a stinker here, I mean, their season is not over, but like you look at the loss of the Rams and the loss of the Lions, and then if they were to lose to the Colts here, it'd just be a brutal, brutal downturn from a team that looks like the best team in the league. Um, I think this game could go either way. I think the Colts need it more. It's tough because every single week for the Colts is a must win and they keep showing up, but just because you win the week before, that next week is still a must win. So they're just in a super tough situation and they need this one badly. I'm not going to pick against them. They need it more than the Cardinals do. I mean, do they need it more than the Cardinals do? Like the Cardinals yes, are yes. in there, but like, but like with the NFC being so, so jam packed as it is with those top five teams, we've talked about being the first wild card spot as opposed to the a division winner. And this is a team that's now tied with the Rams. We've talked about if you're the last wild card spot or the top wild card team, you're playing one of these top teams. Yeah, if but you're, if you're the, it's the same thing if you're the last division team, right? The last division team plays the top wild card. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They're like right now, I believe they have. Oh, never mind. They are the they are the last one. Yeah, they're um, the last spot. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like you still have to keep up with that, as opposed to you know, like as opposed to losing it. And meanwhile, the Colts have a one game or sure, what is it, a half game like, lead. Yeah, and the Packers and the Packers would absolutely love to beat the Browns and and secure that sort of that like first round buy stuff. But the reality is, it's hard for a ten and four team that's essentially clinched the playoffs to be as desperate as an eight and six team in this jam-packed AFC. It's just, it's just not possible for them to be as urgent. I agree. The Cardinals need to win. They need it badly to get back on track and it would help for the playoff stuff that you said, but I mean, the Colts need it more. They just do.
I disagree. I disagree personally. Right now, the oh. lines Cardinals minus one because I still think that I don't think that it means more to the Col- the Colts. I don't think this is one of those like I, I get it when you look back at like the Bills against the Chiefs where it's like that that game. Oh, just no, no, but, but no, I'm just saying like even a- when you think about from the playoff perspective, I think it's enough for this team to look at what happened the past two weeks and be like, we need to right the ship. And the Colts riding high doesn't necessarily just because they're right there in the playoffs. They're what one spot below them when it comes to the playoff picture, AFC versus NFC. Yo, but no, but I'm saying, look, look, the chiefs bills thing is not relevant. Cause you're talking about like forming an identity in the early mid season, but th- this is, that's subjective. For me, this is a little more objective. The Cardinals are going to make the playoffs period. The Colts may not make the playoffs. Therefore they need it more. I, I still do. okay, but like that—that saying it doesn't mean. I'm not that saying the Cardinals don't need it. Coach no, but I just, I just, I just disagree because I think seating is so important where they are in the NFC. It, it might not matter when it comes to just making the playoffs, but seating still very much matters. So I think for a team to to this to dismiss it and saying just this one team because they need to make the playoffs as opposed to a team that has to worry about seating when if the Cardinals drop this game, they're one game back at the 49ers who they've lost to twice. And then they're then they're potentially even further down in the standings. Yeah, but it, they, it, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter once you're that like like you know whether like as long as you're one of the wild card teams, like whether you play the Cowboys, Bucks, or then Rams, Cardinals, whoever wins that division, that doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, they're fighting for seeding, but the Colts might be. You know, the Cardinals could be four seed, three seed, five seed, six seed, but the Colts could be like a couch seed. You know what I mean? Sitting at home, so. Um, yes, I, I yeah. still I still disagree that it's, it's anything that would be that would make me want to go with the Colts when it comes to thinking that this team this matters more when it comes to playoff implications over the Cardinals. Okay, Baltimore Cincinnati Cincinnati favored by three. Uh, we got Lamar da- there. What is what's his name? Uh, Greg Roman came out and said that he's taking Lamar's injury as day to day. I feel like this line is kind of assuming right now it's Bengals minus three. I feel like this is assuming he'd play right. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think you sort of saw that uh, last week in that Packers game, how it crept from like, and I thought even when the Packers, or sorry, even when the Ravens rather opened as five and a half point dogs in Green Bay, I still thought that that was like leaning towards Lamar not playing. Then the way that it crept up to nine, obviously, like clearly there was room to move. Um, this one, look, I mean, the Bengals beat them up in Baltimore. It, it, you know, Bengals are at home. Bengals are in, are in okay form. They had a good win. Um I mean, it was a little bit ugly, but it was against a good team. So I don't know. I, I think uh, I think if Lamar were to be announced in, I could see it going to two. I think if you were to be announced out, I could see it going to five. Um, so I do think there's a little bit of, of, you know, room to go either way. I think he probably will play. I think he's missed a bunch of weeks. They're out of the playoffs now. It's a really, really important divisional game. Absolute battle, muscling for both teams. Um, you know, you can end up in fourth or you can end up in first in this division. So I think um, – it's a huge, huge game. Look, since he had their number when they played earlier in the season, the Ravens secondary is in shambles. Um, and that's sort of what I look towards is like the Bengals window to win is that they should be able to throw on these guys. Yeah. I mean, since he has averaged the fourth most yards per pass attempt over the last three games and Baltimore wow. has allowed the fourth most opponent yards per pass attempt over that same span. Matchup made in heaven right there. Exactly. Hopefully Burrow with his pinky and everything, it looks fine. Obviously they struggled last week, but I think that's also, you know, a combination of, the injury, but also playing against a really good Denver team with Vic Fangio as their head coach. That has stifled a bunch of really good offenses. And then on the flip side, you have Baltimore, who's averaged the seventh most yards per carry over the last three games. And since he has allowed the six fewest yards per carry over the same span. So we have a Cincy defense that stops the run and we have a Baltimore defense that doesn't stop the pass. 
that seems like a recipe where I really like the Bengals in this one, but that feels a little just too obvious at this point where, you know, it's one of those where it's a little sketchy and it makes me a little hesitant to actually lay the points with Bengals. So I, I think if I'm looking at this game, it's either Bengals or a stay away from me because of the fact of the unknown status of Lamar would be a too big of a question to take them at plus three, the Ravens, you know, and, and then also with the secondary. There's also the thing where like the Ravens seem to have a knack for winning games unless it comes down to a two-point conversion. And then, you know, the Bengals are the Bengals, historically a bad franchise. You know, some franchises just kind of have a stink on them. And I would consider the Bengals to be one of those franchises until they can prove it, you know, with, with a at least one playoff win. At least one. Ideally two. But no, um, yeah, the Ravens part of it, it was even to the point where like last week against the Packers, I didn't say it on the pod. It was just like in my head, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to take this out, I feel like I want to take the Ravens here because they're just they're that type of organization dude, where they play, they play games the close. I 100% and I love the, you know, it's the same thing with the Steelers too. And why, when we talk about that game, I'm going to pick them, but I just, I love the Ravens giving eight and a half or getting eight and a half rather. Um, you know, that might have been because of Holly. You love Tyler. I was Huntley. talking to a Ravens to a, a, like one of my family members, a Ravens fan. Um, guys from Boston is and is a Ravens fan, <laughs> which is you know a whole deal. But um, you know, I was asking about like the Lamar thing and, and all that stuff, and I just I think it's worth noting that like we all we all agreed Mark Andrews is what a top five tight end probably definitely like, top he five. Like the, he he looks like the best tight end in the league. Yeah, with Huntley, I just thought it was interesting, and two for two weeks in a row now. I thought he looked amazing against Cleveland too. I just think it's interesting. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm just so interested with Huntley and to see what happens with him in the off season. Like see if he's a starter. I mean, at least like the Texans or somebody should take a shot. Like whoever. So, like we'll the Giants. See. Would you would you still root for Huntley if he played for the Giants? Um, it's one of those like I would probably root for him until he became like a genuine threat. Like, like, like. I'd love to see Huntley do great in a, in a seven and 10 giant season, but if, it, the if they're like 11 and six, it's kind of like, you know, I don't it, care. Yeah. You don't care. You gotta draw point. the line at a certain point. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's a, what does this even mean? I'm looking at uh, spot track right now, just to look at his contract situation. It's an ERFA. I've never heard of that early restricted free agent. Cause I know RFA is like restricted free agent, but I know that's more for like NBA. Yeah, exactly. Exa you know, honestly, I would guess it has something to do with the fact that he was probably like a late round draft pick. And I don't know how it works for that, but I'm not going to pretend to be an NFL salary cap expert. It's definitely the most confusing cap sport that I know, like next to nothing. Wait, about, that's, so. that's why you're on the pod. You're, you're the contract guy. You're the, you're the salary I'm cap, the cap guy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. If I'm the cap guy, man, then whew. <laughs> uh, so, so where would you go with this game if uh, if you had to pick a side? Oh, um, Ravens by to three and a half. Honestly, I just like getting three and a half points for a team that's feisty and, and has the rep of being able to hang in games. I don't see them getting blown out twice by the same team in one season, which is a big red flag if you like Cincy. So I, I guess I like Baltimore. Now that's also definitely a key point. They won forty-one to sixteen, I believe, when they played in it's Baltimore. It's not going to happen again. This yeah. is not going to happen again. No, this is too well, well too, too, too well of a coach team in the Baltimore Ravens, and also just that type of organization doesn't get blown out that yeah. many, like by the Bengals, a Bengals organization. Exactly. Okay, Rams Minnesota Rams favored by three on the road. Dalvin Cook tested positive and is out for this game. Major blow to the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, they have Alexander Madison, who's a very solid backup, but you know, obviously, no Dalvin Cook, who just absolutely torches defenses. We got a Vikings who rank below average in both pass and rush D DVOA, and we got a Rams offense that ranks top ten in both for the offense. 
And then meanwhile, we got a Vikings offense that ranks seventh in pass ODVO, but 25th in rush ODVO, which is a little weird because you have Dalvin Cook and you rank 25th in efficiency when it comes to running the ball. And we have a Rams defense that ranks top 10 in both for defense, pass and run. So this feels like, like a lot of like. I like the Rams here a lot. First of all, um, on the topic of running backs, did you see that Cam Akers is like coming back? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention that. Yeah, Absolutely so th- crazy. Very, very interesting. You know, could could be a big difference maker. If you watched the Monday night game, Vikings-Bears, which was one of the worst watches in NFL history, and I'm still just like sitting there watching the whole thing. I mean, think about that day of football, Raiders, Browns, and then Bears-Vikings, and I'm just sitting there for like seven hours, just like enjoying the show, but it's terrible. Um, seven hours of boring football. Yeah, exactly. Starts and now. And, and not even commercial free. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the, the Vikings didn't win that game. Right. The Bears lost that game by being idiots. Yeah. Like at first I thought it was a ref job, but you, when you do like so much stupid shit over and over again, it stops being a ref job. It starts being a you thing. Um, I mean, some of the calls were questionable, but, you know, by the end of it, I was ended up blaming the Bears yeah. more so than the refs. But but the point is that was a Viking slip up spot and they and they won. And now so I think they're just like super due to do something dumb. No cook. I mean, I know he misses a lot of games, if we're being honest, but so they played without him before, and Madison is fine, but that doesn't help. You got Jalen Ramsey to deal with Justin Jefferson. I know Thielen didn't play against the Bears, so I don't know what his status is now. Um, I think he's expected to play. Let me look that oh, up. Yeah, right now. Let, let me know. And I, I just think, um, I think the, the Rams, it's tough because I loved them so much, like early midseason, and, and they just, uh, they sucked in prime time so much, but they really seemed to be back and clicking at the right time. So I think you can get Rams minus three right now. That's only going to go the other way. Like that's only going to end up being four, four and a half by game time, in my opinion. So I think, I think Rams is the move at minus three. So apparently I'm looking right now, Vikings Adam Thielen returns to practice has quote, good plan to try to play Sunday. He's apparently it's looking like he he's moving towards, he's going to play. He was questionable to play on Monday against the, the bears. I, I agree with what you're saying. Everything's telling me to pick the Rams. When you look at the statistics, when you look at the efficiency, all the numbers and all that, but it just, it, that's where it, it feels like too good, to, like too easy to pick this team. And we know what Kirk Cousins is like. He's just very up and down, especially when you're talking about like, this is like a 1 p.m. game, I believe. It, it's it's not a primetime game and it's not going to be a standalone game. Let me just double check. Yeah, it's a 1 p.m. game. So we have all of that. We have a Rams team that kind of just squeaked by against a Seahawks team, which isn't really good. And we got a Vikings team that, yeah, they they squeaked by a Bears team that's not very good. But, you know, their defense still played well. They still forced them to only score six points on the game. And I think offensively they should be able to bounce back in this one, especially if you, if you have Adam Thielen there. And a little note, Kirk, 6-0 and straight up versus the Lions when Stafford was on the team and wow. he was on the Vikings. So there is something there where – Kirk has had success against a Stafford team. Obviously, the Lions that, versus the Rams. Some, you know, that's some uh... – Look, I, that's why I prefaced it, and I was going to say, look, it's the Rams now as opposed to the Lions before. But, All you know, the... just some points. No, 100%, 100% but I had, to, I had to take a stab at it just because, you know, like – all the head-to-head quarterback stuff is really just like a load of crap, honestly. I mean, I, I love it, like, narrative-wise, like, Brady versus Mahomes in the Super Bowl. But, of course, they never touch the field at the same time unless we're talking about the coin toss. Yeah. Um, and that's just sort of how it goes. You know, a lot of times, even in the NBA, the, like, the quote-unquote mono-e-mono sport, it's like they don't even guard each other. It's not no, that that's, where, that's where, like, LeBron, Kevin Durant is, like, the one that you want to watch. Because, and, like, Kawhi, you put him into that because all but three that, of these guys and, play the funny. same position. 
I, I, but it's funny because I was actually going to use that example because LeBron was guarding Durant, but they would put Iguodala on LeBron. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's it's rare that you actually get true mano mano stuff the way it's built in sports. Yeah, not, like, for the entire time. Like, I can tell, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, obviously, when you get down to crunch time. But that's what's great when we see a Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey, when you get the corner wide receiver matchup, because that's yeah, exactly. like the left tackle or right tackle versus a, an elite edge rusher. And that's always going to be the knock on Richard Sherman versus a guy like Revis, where Sherman is like the, oh, I'm on the left side of the field. This is my thing. A guy like Revis is like, give me the best guy. I'm on, I'm on in the entire game. And it's, it's hard not to respect that. No, completely agree. That's where I, yeah. Re, Sherman was more of like a guy that would play a zone, but also be, like you said, he would stay on one side of the field while Revis, it was his own Island. Like it was something that like, if I'm starting a guy in fantasy, going against the Jets and it's the top guy, unless it was like Randy Moss. And even then Revis kind of owned him, unless it was Randy Moss, I was like very heavily concerning benching that guy for that game. Okay. So for this one, I I don't know. I, I, it's the same way like that, that Vikings Packers game. I was like, you know what? This feels like, like we talked about it. We're like this Vikings team is too weird. They play right up to their competition. The Vikings, the Vikings are so due for a loss. Like I said, like they, uh, they took it past the point of due. They really like, Am I crazy for thinking they should have lost that game to the Bears if the Bears were like halfway competent? If yeah. they weren't one of the worst six teams in the league, I think it would be more. It would be like it would come down to the wire if the Bears yeah. weren't in competent. I'm not going to say the Bears are gonna going to win it, but like, them. yeah, yeah, and they were they were right there to have a couple of touchdowns that were just just right there, but they weren't. But they weren't. I'm interested that you're you're picking the Rams though when you had the same argument with like the Colts, like the the Vikings need this one more than than the Rams do. Yeah, I think I think um, it, that's a good point. You know, honestly, I just I, I I can't I can't get on the right side with the Vikings, man. I just and, so, and, yeah. I, and the same could be said for the Cardinals and Cardinals, Vikings, 49ers. Best if I just stay away. Although on record, I will be fading the 49ers tonight and, and taking three and a half in the Titans. I, we'll get to that one after. I think I'm leaning the same way as you. It just feels too. But then I saw like a couple of guys on the offensive line are out for the for the Titans. I, I feel like I might just go with the under on that one. With this one, I I don't know. I feel like I feel like the Vikings are the play with the plus three at home. Even though everything is telling me with the Rams, I just feel I feel like this is a tra- a little bit of a trap because it's like oh this this Vikings team I don't know what to think about them no Dalvin Cook now and we have all the like they they don't have the great defense and then we have this Rams team that's starting to click right now but they're only favored by three on the road like that that just feels a little weird to me. That's true. Okay, the rematch: Bills, Pats, Pats are by two and a half. No Cole Beasley for the Bills as he's tested positive, and we all know that that guy's now vaccinated for shit. So, uh, <laughs> so we got both these teams finally meeting up. And I don't think there should be uh, weather. Like I'm sure there will be some sort of weather element to it because they're playing at Foxborough, and there's always weather with them, but obviously not to the monsoon that they had in Buffalo. Presumably, there will be some weather. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like just like whatever, <laughs> just any weather. Yeah, presumably. Um, I, I like the Bills in this one, getting the two and a half. I, I think this team, it's a tough spot because New England's got the the one day extra of rest and they're coming off the loss and the Bills are coming off the win. But I just feel like this Bills team has been, like they know what they, they know what they gave up that opportunity at home to really solidify themselves as the top team in the, in the division. And now they're kind of playing catch up at this point. They've, they've gotten it back to even at this point, but this is the make or break one where if they're looking to actually win the division, they need to win this game. 
So with this, I think they've kind of been stewing over that loss for a couple of weeks now. And I thought that that game against the Patriots fell right into the Patriots game plan of what they want to do. They want to ground and pound the ball and they got out to an early and a lead early against this bills team that likes to throw the ball and was forced to then run the ball early on in that game. So I just think it's going to pay play more into the hands of the bills in this one. I think the bills screwed a lot of stuff up. I think if they could do that game over, they do it in a heartbeat and they do a lot of things differently. The first Patriots game, I thought they overcommitted to the run um, thinking that they had to, even though that wasn't their game and they sort of played in the Patriots hands there and they could have had more success passing. I know the weather was bad, but you know, there were, Allen was close on a couple of them. I mean, he's a, he's a cannon arm. So I uh, know they should have given him more of a chance. And then if you think back to the Tampa game the next week, which they lost, but I was impressed with how much they were willing to use Josh Allen as a running back, which they seemed weirdly reluctant to do against the Patriots the first time. So I think you put those two things together, more Josh Allen runs, more Josh Allen passes, less Devin Singletary. And, and I think you have a recipe that uh, of a game that you, I don't want to say should have won, but should have handled differently. And I think, um, look, honestly, both teams need this game really badly. So like, cause you know, the bills could win and the Patriots all of a sudden, I don't know, it gets hairy in these AFC standings, man. And it's wild. So um, I think both teams need it really badly, but I like the bills as well, you know, especially if I can get it to three. I mean, a lot of these lines are sitting at that like two and a half, three range. I think like you probably buy this to three, if you can give yourself the field goal buffer and just ride it out. I assume the books will do everything in their power to keep this at two and a half. I, I do not think I will ever see this touch three. Um, but going back to what you were saying about Josh Allen's a runner, I mean, six rushes against the Patriots, 12 rushes against the, the Bucks the following week. That's definitely an element of them. And it's interesting that they went so run heavy early on in that game and not necessarily just through Josh Allen, but because when you thought of this guy coming out and when the Bills took him, it's like, oh, this guy's got a cannon arm. He can throw through whatever the nasty weather is in Buffalo. And it didn't seem like early on they were willing to go there, but they did in the second half when they or in the, later on in the game. And I think now – you'll have him at his full capabilities with the full offense opened up throughout the entire game, as opposed to, you know, only for a segment of it when they're down already. I think it's, I think it's a little bit tricky too, because if you have a guy like Josh Allen and you see this with Kyler Murray, like who gets hurt all the time. And now granted, these guys couldn't be more physically different as far as quarterbacks in the league go. Um, But, you know, I think if you can avoid the Josh Allen running back stuff, you kind of want to, but unfortunately for the Bills, it's do or die time now, and you don't have time to save your Josh Allen run packages for the playoffs. You need to win this game, period. The Patriots want to win this game too, but the Bills are all of a sudden looking at missing the playoffs if they don't win this game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's an absolute must win for the Bills. They have to empty the tank, all the all the Josh Allen run packages, all the, you know, first down bombs, the play actions, the aggressive play calling. It all needs to come out this week because this is an absolute must, must, must win if you want to make the playoffs. Yep. And with no Cole Beasley, I know Emmanuel Sanders is expected to come back, so that should help out. I I believe he missed – yeah, he missed last week's game. Uh, His last game was against the Bucs. I believe he left early, so that should help mitigate the the effect of no no Cole Beasley for them. Although, honestly, you know, honestly, man, the Bills could lose this game. Home Falcons, home Jets to close it out, 10-7. and It's just, you know, you have the Ravens sitting there and I don't believe they've played yet. So you're, you're, you're leaving a lot of things up to chance. When I look at them right now, the, the bills and the, and the Ravens right now have the same record, same amount of uh, conference wins. I, for, I forget what the exactly down the line, it continues to go, but then yeah, you're, you're I guess playing I would a risky say, way. I guess, I guess I would say this. Um, they could definitely still make the playoffs if they lose to the Pats, 
but obviously you want to control your own destiny. You, you kind of be banking on some other stuff happening if you lost this game. Yeah, because then you could also say the same thing about the Pats. They're playing Jacksonville and then Miami. So it's like – Well, the and the Pats also – I mean, the Pats will make the playoffs. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not, I'm just not going to say it's definite. I, I, I would say I would put more likely than not, but I'm not going to say definite because I, well, yeah, I mean, I'm a bigger Miami. hero for saying more likely than not. That's for sure. Given but like, but like, I like, but series. you know, I like Miami and they have to go. That's true. Miami. I could see that. I could see that happening. I really could that week, that week 18 disaster where they lose to Miami and everything goes wrong. I could see it because Miami's going to be fighting for that last playoff spot. So it's not like that's going to be one that they're going to be fighting. And it's at home. It's all of this. They've shown the ability to beat them, I think. And Miami's peaking right now. So that could be a recipe for – and, you know, maybe Trevor Lawrence just, like, shows Mac Jones what's up in, a, in week 17, and then they're even spiraling we're not, more. And we're not, we're not talking about the Dolphins, but they caught a break today with Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon both having COVID. So yep. a, a game that we – I forget – one of us was saying that we like the Saints, and one of us was saying that we like the Dolphins. And I don't even remember who was who, but now I like the Dolphins. Yeah, sure. I'm a big Dolphins guy. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, maybe you're the sleeper agent that spread COVID in their building because that's obviously shaping up well for them now. Um, Why do you think see. we need to record later in the day? I was getting back <laughs> exactly, on my flight exactly. from New Orleans. Busy, busy ass morning. So anyway, uh, I think we're in agreement though. Bills two and a half. Again, I'd recommend buying it to three. You know, you take it from minus one ten to minus one twenty five, minus one thirty, whatever it is. Let me look right now at what it is. And we, we can get into the next game right now as, as I quickly look at, at this Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Kansas City favored by seven and a half right now, I'm, even though no I'm seeing eight and a half right now. How, how long ago did you uh, did you see that? I looked at this like right before we were right before we recorded. I, ha- I, I have DraftKings open right now. Yeah, so. I see it now, too. OK, yeah. Um, so obviously this so this opened to 10. Right. And then you had the Hill and Kelsey COVID stuff. And now it's sort of fluctuating. It seems that their status is both hang in the balance. Um, I liked the Steelers before any of this stuff. I just thought, um, again, stepping up to the plate to bet against the Chiefs. You know, come one, come all. I'm here again. I'm like the guy. Uh, I'm I'm there when the store opens every morning at 7 a.m. Or I'm there when the casino opens and I'm here to lose all my money again betting against the Chiefs. I'm back. Surprise. But um, yeah, you know, I just think I mean I think the Steelers are feisty. Every time you think they're dead, they put it together. They just had a big win against the Titans, seven, six, and one now. I think they can fully make the playoffs. And now with the Chiefs, look, we don't know what's gonna happen with Mahomes or sorry, with Hill and Kelsey. But the Chiefs rely on those two guys so, so, so he- uh, heavily. And Kelsey's really, you know, come alive these past couple of weeks after having a lackluster season. You look at his stats now, you can't even tell that it, at times he looked bad because it's it's you know, it's a typical Travis Kelsey season now. So, you know, 55 catches, 800 yards, a few touchdowns, whatever it is. Um, I just like the Steelers, man. I, I just think I, I think KC – is KC really about to go 13-4? and four? I don't think so. Uh, they're going to lose somewhere. Um, and let alone, you know, getting eight and a half with potentially their two biggest and like – like how do I put this? Of t- two players, and especially you want to talk about passing game only, although the Chiefs are pass heavy, it's like these two players, Hill and Kelsey – are like 80% of the pass game. Like, I don't have any numbers to back that up, but that's just the way it feels when you watch them play. They're so, so important, more so than like a A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, more so than a Thielen Jefferson, more so than a D.K. Metcalf, Tower Lockett, any duo you want to name. These guys are everything to the pass game, and they may not play. So I like the Steelers. So we got, yeah, Kelsey and Hill still on the COVID list. Chris Jones and Charvarius Ward uh, were activated off of it about an hour ago. Those are two key guys on the defensive side of the ball that they were missing. Um, right now, I look at this as a stay away. Uh, I just feel like I absolutely hate this Pittsburgh offense. 
and the Chiefs defense has been looking really strong over the back half of this back half of the season, albeit against, you know, some suspect offenses, but it's not like the Steelers offense is something that I'm really like shivering about. I mean, they put up 19 points against a Tennessee Titans uh, defense that was on the field pretty regularly because their offense couldn't get anything going. And now with no Hill and Kelsey, obviously I can't trust the chiefs offense to put up big numbers to cover this seven and a half, but I still just, I just can't get behind taking the Pittsburgh side of it because I just hate their offense so much. I like the under 45 in this one. If I had to make a play on the specific game, because I still think both defenses are going to be the better of the two units and these offenses are going to struggle. I the one thing I do see going well for this chief for the chiefs is that they rank sixth in rush DVOA and the Steelers rank 30th in rush D DVOA. If we remember that Steelers versus Vikings game, the holes that Ma- that Dalvin cook was running through Crazy. in that game were insane. Like I could, I think fat bastard could fit through those holes. <laughs> This is, this is a ground and pound game. I feel like we're Kansas city where they pull it out in the end, but I still just think that, you know, Ben could have just a couple of duck throws and I get a chiefs or whatever. Like, I just think this chiefs defense is coming alive enough where I wouldn't put it past them to have a a pick six or a fumble recovery or a strip sack recovered for a for cover for a touchdown uh, by the, by the chiefs to cover this number. It's just, for me, it's just a stay away when it comes to picking a side because of the key guys that were missing on chiefs offense and also just the ineptness of this Steelers offense against a good defense that's been ascending over this back half. Yep. So, so I think for me, again, I got to go, I got to go Steelers plus eight and a half, probably even sprinkle the money on, but you know, I I mean, it could end up being horrible. (laughs) You know, that's just how it goes when you bet against the chiefs. Okay. Let's get to our best bets of the day for this slate. Good week for me, three and oh, 23, 17, and two, George, one and two, 25 and 17. I'm right there. I'm just nipping on your heels. So you're what? You're what? 23, 17, and two? Yeah. And two I'm games 25 back. 25 and 17? Yeah. So you're only what? Well, I guess one game back. Yeah, I don't know how the ties work. Back. That's yeah. crazy. Jesus yeah. Christ. I really need Don't call it a fucking comeback. <laughs> I would call it a comeback, though, honestly. Right, I'm going to start off with uh, Buccaneers minus 10. I, I just t- absolutely hate what I've seen from the Panthers lately. And I think the Buccaneers, like, um, I don't know. It happens, man. You're going to lose games. The Saints obviously have their number, but I just think they're going to bounce back and beat up on a Panthers team that doesn't even know who they're going to play quarterback. I know Cam's going to start. There's going to be a little bit of Darnold. Doesn't really bother me. I mean, Cam's a run first guy. Tampa plays good run defense. I know they have some injuries. I know this and that, but they're so deep at the receiver position. And, you know, even Fournette's out, you still have Ronald Jones. I, I like Tampa to win here by, you know, probably three scores. I don't, I don't love the pick personally. I just think the injuries on the receivers, I mean, Mike Evans might not play. I don't believe Antonio Brown will be back for this game. And then you're obviously missing Chris Godwin out for the rest of the season. Yes, they have running backs to make up for Leonard Fournette, but I just think if you're taking the 10, you're hoping for some offensive upside. And I just don't necessarily see that there, but honestly, for, for me, it's more of like picking against Carolina. Fair. Because their their quarterback situation is absolutely abysmal. And we've seen I don't know, I don't know if they think Carolina can score like 10 points. Honestly, very fair. Their defense is solid, though. So that's where yeah. a, a little bit of hesitation for me. That's true. My first one I was talking about before, Arizona minus one. I just think that after the loss last week against Detroit, I think they bounce back in this one. I think that they pose a much tougher matchup against them than the Patriots do, which is weird to say because right now you probably see the Patriots are probably a slightly better team. But I just think the Cardinals are really good stopping the run. But then also on the opposite end of it, they don't run through they're, – they're not predicated at – moving the offense through the running game. They do it through the passing game as opposed to new England who does it through the running game. And that's where 
Indianapolis is elite when it comes to DVOA, when it comes to rushing yards per game allowed, when it comes to yards per carry allowed. They're one of the elite units in the NFL. But on the secondary side of it, they're more towards league average and possibly below that. So I, I even without DeAndre Hopkins, I know they struggled to move the ball on offense through the passing game. I think they'll find some answers now because they still have solid guys. It's not like they have a bunch of nobodies. I've said before they're probably a little bit overqualified, but it doesn't mean that they can't show out in a couple of games. Yep. Uh, my second pick, I'm going to go with um, – I had it for a second. I lost it. Oh, yeah, uh, give me Steelers, eight and a half. You know, I, I talked about it already. I, I just think – I think it's a good spot for them. I think the Chiefs are due for a bad spot, and, you know, eight and a half is a good amount of points to get. That, that's a lot of points, and, yeah, the offense with, – like, With the question marks to Hill and Kelsey. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully like, one of them doesn't play. Like what I was saying, like what I was saying about the Bucks, where it's like you're getting that money point, you're you have to cover that many points, and you don't necessarily have the offensive ceiling, which is weird to say for a Chiefs and a Bucks team, but with the injuries around them, that's where you're right. looking for the upside. It, it, it is there. the same thing. It's yeah. it, the difference is I have more faith in the Steelers' offense than the Panthers. Fair, very fair, and I and I would too because of the skill position and players around them, and you know Ben right. is better probably right now than Cam Newton and Sam Although, Darnold. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's, it's kind of a depressing debate, honestly, between Ben and Cam when you think about what they want Let's, let's shove this to the side. Let's get into this Cam, Sam Darnold. Cam plus Sam Darnold versus Big Ben. No, I'm yeah, who you got? Who you got? <laughs> uh, for me, six-point tees of Chiefs to minus one and a half and Bills to plus eight and a half. I still think the Chiefs defense is still so good, and I think this Pittsburgh offense just makes me want to vomit every time I see them play, and I still think that the Chiefs defense is peaking at the right time. You got a game in Arrowhead. I still think they win this game, so if I get it under a field goal, I love that. And then the Bills game, the plus eight and a half, I don't see them getting blown out against the Pats if they even do lose because I don't think the Pats necessarily have the type of offensive ceiling to blow out a team like the Bills at eight and a half. I think they come out fiery. I would – Still think about it at the two and a half, but if I can get over the three and the seven, those two key numbers, I'm going to take that every day. Yep, I, I, I like it. I, I do. Um, my last pick, Broncos outright, minus 110, pick them uh, at, at Vegas. You know, they played earlier in the year and I was all over Vegas. I thought it was the, the you know, Gruden out could actually be a good thing. It's funny that I loved that game and was all over it when they were like plus five, but then I come back around to say like, I don't know how you could say that Urban Meyer leaving, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's not worth three points because it's not. But um, I did like them in that spot. But now I just think, you know, I, I hate what I've seen from Vegas recently. Ever since the Henry Ruggs thing, really, they just like, you know, that was the performance you did against Cleveland. Like, I know you won, but like score some points already. So and I just think Denver's the type of team that could maybe force a turnover, run it all over them, end up winning something like 24-7 in, in an ugly game. So I, I like the Broncos here a lot. Do expect, I think, Darren Waller to be back, but I still don't think, like you said, the offense has been really, really just stale and kind of just inept for the for the Vegas Raiders, especially after Henry Ruggs and the John Gruden stuff. I haven't seen them really start to get right, and I just think that's just a snowball effect of everything that's gone on. This yeah. is a team that kind of had to scratch and claw their way to beat this Cleveland, beat a Cleveland Browns team that was missing so many different guys. I, I do like the spot for the Broncos. Even, I mean, I'm a big Drew Locke guy, so I mean, I would, I would, I would like, yeah. I would hope to like this spot for them. But I still think just defensively, they'll they'll be able to stymie the Raiders enough. They have two really good safeties and Pat Sertan to help mitigate the effect that um, the Darren Waller will have in the passing game. And then it's Hunter Renfro and then like Brian Edwards. I still think the secondary on the back half will be able to shut those guys down. And then offensively, I just don't think that the Raiders have enough guys to stop. Corlin Sun, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, even with a guy like Drew Locke under center for them. So I do like that pick for you. 
My last pick is uh, Miami minus one and a half. We just heard the news. Taysom Hill and uh, and Trevor Simeon are out because of COVID. We have Ian Book, the Notre Dame Let's guy, go. undrafted, or, or a fifth or sixth round pick. Miami's peaking at the right time. My, uh, the Saints are coming off a really, really big win against the against the Bucks this past week. Miami's still fighting for their playoff lives. It obviously wasn't as impressive as a victory as they did have last week against the Jets. But again, like I said, like it's a week by week thing. Just because they played maybe played poorly against the Jets last week doesn't mean they're going to necessarily play poorly again this week against the Saints team. And when I have Tua, a more experienced quarterback and and the better quarterback significantly in Tua in this one, I I have to go with them in this one. Yep, I I, I like that pick a lot. I do. Okay, so to recap, I got Arizona minus one, a six-point tease of Chiefs minus one and a half, and Bills plus eight and a half, and then Miami minus one and a half on Monday Night Football. You have Bucks minus 10, Steelers plus eight and a half, and Broncos money line. Hopefully, for my sake, by this time next week, I'll be in the lead. Yeah, you but could listen. be, man, dude, and what a comeback that would be. You know, honestly, yeah. and two, two parting things. Um, Titans tonight. And don't be surprised if I end up betting Saints by, by week 10. I talk myself into the whole Ian Book thing. Uh, it, it's not it's not impossible. So I want to revisit this because I talked about it before. The Bills plus three right now on DraftKings is minus 130. I don't know if I'd lay that. It, it's just a little bit too much juice for me. I don't know. It's, t- it's tough because you don't even get the you don't even get the the win if it's the field goal. It just it's so tough though. You know, it's really tough when you take a two and a half line and you lose. Like you may as well take Bill's money line at that point, to be yeah. honest. No, agreed. I mean, it's weird because of all the missed PATs and stuff, but I'd rather personally just lose. I'd rather take the money line and lose by two than take the two and a half and lose by three. That's just personally me. And 100%. if you want to, if you want to get the, and if you want to get the three and a half, it's minus one forty-five, and I, I am not paying that juice for that. Well, even I think if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go minus one thirty to get to three, you may as well go to minus one forty-five and get three and a half. Yeah. Honestly. So if I'm not gonna do one, I'm not gonna do the other. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> okay, that's gonna do it for us today. We'll be back on Monday to recap all of these great games. Hopefully, we'll have a clear picture of. I don't know if I actually I'll hope because I think I I like the I like the chaos of it yeah, all. This of is having just, all I mean, these different teams. Many- and we left out so many good games. Eagles and Giants are playing this week, man. And we didn't even talk about it because there's just so many good games and all, all these games have massive, massive implications. And, and it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's been a phenomenal, phenomenal NFL season. Hopefully the COVID stuff doesn't totally ruin it. We keep having you know good games every week. Yeah. I mean, the 13 seed right now in the AFC is still in, in line to potentially make the playoffs in the Denver Broncos. So I, that tells you all you need to know about this playoff picture right now. But uh, thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you on Monday.